Fantasy rap. With Austin and Ozzy. Hey everyone, this is Fantasy Rap, and I'm your host, Ozzy. And I'm your co-host, Austin. You can find us on FantasyRap.com. That is FantasyWrap.com. Hey everybody, welcome to week six of the Fantasy Offseason. This week we are going to have a special guest. Um, He actually provides some of our um, musical content, uh, our intro, our outro, uh, and we're working some other on some other projects with him, and I'm going to let you uh, let him tell you about himself. So, Nick, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, hey everybody, my name's Nick Nick Muska, and I'm just really excited to be on the show today. I'm a big fan of uh, big fan of fantasy rap, and I'm long long time friend of Austin's. We've been playing fantasy football together for I don't know what Austin twelve or thirteen is... years now. I think it wasn't this. I think this is year fourteen. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, next year we got to make up a plan for where we're going to draft and kind of go right. maybe all out a little bit here. So you guys have Perfect. been playing for a long time. Wow. Yeah. I yep, mean, for as young kids. for as young as you are. Yeah. Right? That's I think what we I mean. Started in what like seventh grade? I think was our first year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I think it was. I remember it was in junior high when I I think yep. I was calling and talking to all you guys to get the league together. Yeah. So. Um. So, yeah, I haven't played fantasy football since I was even a few years younger than when our league started. I think I was 12 when I first mm-hmm. started playing fantasy. And um, now I live out in uh, Southern California. I'm a musician. And uh, I ha- was really happy to make the help you guys out with making the theme for the show. That was, like, a lot of fun for me. So yeah. um, Great job, too. Just... Thank you. Um, and... Yeah, I'm, what am I, 28 now, so. <laughs> still a kid. Yeah. Still a kid, I guess. Although I have some knee pain lately. <laughs> <laughs> you got to settle down up on stage. You can't be running around like you're like Axl Rose or something up there, you know. <laughs> Axl Foley? Yeah, Rose. Oh, Rose. Okay, sorry. <laughs> From one end of the stage to the other. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was talking about Axl Foley. No. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, dating myself. So, so you know, you're in a band. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your band? Give yourself a plug. Okay, yeah. One Less Guest, that's the name of the band. Like, if somebody left a party, One Less Guest. And we do, we're a jazz rock group. We play, you know, a lot of our own material, some covers. We have two studio albums out. We just put out our second studio album, went on a tour this summer. Um, and we've been playing together for coming up on six years now the band started in minnesota and we all moved out here together two years ago i've been pretty active in orange county and la county and um yeah that's that's kind of just a bit we got music out on spotify and stuff so cool yeah. definitely um, definitely recommend everybody give them a listen very so very good very one, good one less Thanks. guest yeah and, and what about your personal life uh personal life I live with my bassist and his girlfriend and my fiance in a two-bedroom apartment in Costa Mesa, California. Um, and I'm getting married next month. Awesome. Nice. Yes. Excited to go yep. to that. Be nice to see everybody. So we're uh, we're ditching the kid with my parents, and Britt and I will be coming up to celebrate with you and probably also talk some fantasy, maybe some trades. Who knows? <laughs> and where's the wedding? <laughs> Uh, we'll be up in Duluth, Minnesota. Oh, sweet. Very nice. So what got you started in fantasy football? I mean, you mentioned that you were playing a couple of years prior to when you played with Austin. Uh, what got you started? Well, I was kind of like a little artsy-fartsy kid, and I didn't really like sports that much. <laughs> okay. And uh, my my mom and my adopted dad, when they got married, my dad's really into sports and I, and he was kind of looking for a way to connect with me and we were watching football games and stuff, but I didn't, I didn't really like get get into it super a lot, like at first. Um, but I'm naturally competitive. So if you get me in like a game or some kind of situation where I got to beat people, I'm going to get into it like mm-hmm. pretty fast. Gotcha. Um, so when some of the kids that I played with and their dads were starting a fantasy football league, a father, son fantasy football league, 
my dad asked if it was something I wanted to do. And I said, sure. And he kind of explained to me how it worked. And, uh, I got into it pretty quickly from just from the draft. Even I was like, you know, I knew some people cause I, I, I think I had Madden at that point. So I knew some of the people mm-hmm. and yeah, that was kind of like my first experience. It was a 10 team standard. It was like old school, like no fractional points. Well, not as old school as, as you, Ozzy, with your <laughs> right. mail-in picks and all that kind of <laughs> crazy stuff. Yeah. No, no, no. We had we, It's it's funny because now everybody does the drafts online and, mm-hmm. and such. I mean, we had to have a time and a date, 16 guys to get away from all of their lives and everything and find a time when we could all sit down and draft at the same time. That, that was difficult. It was pretty oh. easy for us back in junior high and high school. Yeah. Just had to have a, a night where all of our parents could drop us off at Nick's house. And Oh, so you guys all did it in, in person too? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, we're all in the same town, so. I mean, we did it up in up until covid we still were doing it in person every year and if you if you couldn't make it you had to have somebody draft for you and oh, they, wow. inevi- they yeah. inevitably would screw the pooch so that it made you want to come the next year <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah well that's and, when you ended up with two defenses and two kickers in your first four rounds yeah. <laughs> you're gonna win the league i don't think we had anybody sandbag that hard but there was a lot of weird <laughs> stuff with those lloyd brothers john would draft anthony a crazy good team and his would be like mediocre because he would just take like best available at the time mm-hmm. just whoever was at the top of the list and it seemed to work out so wow yeah that's, that's awesome true. so then a couple of years later you started playing with all these guys yeah i mean after a few years of doing the father-son league i was like you know i'm gonna start getting more into football and uh, all the other guys started playing football mm-hmm. and I just thought it would be something fun for us to do because we mostly saw each other during like basketball season because we were on the same basketball team. Okay. But I was like, okay, this would be something fun for us to do like in the fall. And I think just kind of one by one, everybody joined up. Um, and then I was the commissioner of that league. So I kind of, we kind of got to do more fun stuff like adding in like PPR and a flex spot and mm-hmm. the not. I, t- I tell you what, the thing that bothered me most about that father son league was the non fractional points. Yeah. There were so many ties, and I hate ties. Yeah. Ties are like, if it doesn't matter what I'm playing, I could be playing chess. If it ends in a draw, it's almost like worse than a loss for me. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's like kissing your sister. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what they say, right? Sure. Is that an expression? I've never heard that. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's an expression. You know, it's it's kind of like when I get, well, I walk a guy in in softball, and I go, "That's like kissing your sister." Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, enough about me kissing my four sisters. No, no. Uh, um, so what types of leagues and formats uh, are you in? Have you been in? Yeah, so I have done. I did a lot of standard leagues, probably for my first, like, eight to ten years playing. I was always in at least one standard league. And I guess by that I kind of mean, like, non-PPR, like quarterback three, wide receivers two, running backs, tight end, kicker defense, no flex. Yep. Mm-hmm. So and I and we that. go we go almost uh, a little more standard. We go two wide receivers and no flex also. Um, now, that, that league that I've been in for 30-some years, uh, while it started out as uh, no fractional, we actually changed to fractional. But that is the pretty much the only change we've made in the last 30 years. Wow. So I like, I like the fact that, you know, you played on in a league that, you know, other than changing that type of thing you stick to your guns and 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 you know we've had we've had people go well you shouldn't uh, you should change it to a, a flex so that we don't have to play two running backs well that completely changes the the outlook when you're mm-hmm. in a 16 team league so but but right. back to you uh so the what all types of formats so i've been in yeah like many of those standard leagues i guess um I have never been in a deep league, like 16 teams. I've never been in a league with more than 12 teams. That's the max I've been in. Gotcha. Um, You're going to have to try it sometime. I, I don't know that I would want to. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it seriously makes you think a lot more about, I mean, like I've said before, you know, you, you're running backs because you've got two or three wide receivers on each team. Well, that gives you a huge pool to choose from running backs that's not the case there are 32 starters and if you're running two per team that's 32 Mm -hmm. 
So it becomes difficult. You're 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 running a fullback. You're running, you know, because Aaron Jones and, and you know there's running back by committee like Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon and other teams like that. You're going to have to find one that's at least going to get enough carries or a third down back. Right, but it, but yeah. it is fun. I mean, for me, like streaming and working the Austin knows this. I work the no. waiver wire like. I'm out there like just a monkey every week, just <laughs> pulling in guys and pulling out guys. And um, that has worked for me in the past, but I just always imagined in a deeper league, it's like if I have to stream a quarterback on a bye week, I'm like, I go to the waiver wire. It's like, oh boy, like Dorian Thompson Robinson's available. Like I just can't imagine there would be like anybody on the wire with that many teams. You know? Yeah, usually there isn't. Um, and the we incentivize people to not do it by also charging two bucks per transaction. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, so for each player who's moved, it's a dollar off and a dollar on. So you get rid of someone and pick someone up. That's a $2 transaction. So it becomes expensive to do that type of thing. But also, like, like you said, I mean, uh, other than some breakouts, some rookie that comes out and um, starts performing better than you expected um, or an injury to someone, and a second string running back steps up, there's not a whole... And the funny thing is, we actually do have quite a few transactions. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are people who spend, who, who make 30-plus transactions in a given um, a given season. So you get money out there that then gets distributed to the teams, but, you know, most of the time, you're right. There's no quarterback available. There's no running back available. Yeah, I'd be spending a lot of money just streaming kickers and defenses every year. That's all I do now. So. Which is fine, but, but you know, if you've got enough, I mean, like our roster spots, we've got eight players and six, um, eight who play each week and six on the bench. Yep. You could go a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end, a defense, and a kicker, and you'd be fine throughout the year. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, you, you pick your number one kicker, and if he goes on by, after he is done on by, much like a defense, once they've had their by, you're not keeping a second defense or a second oh, yeah. kicker. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I guess the, the one thing I I all say about that is like, as far as it changing the strategy and everything is, I always notice I have my best years when I try out a new format because I think it gets me out of my rut and it gets me thinking about things a little bit differently it makes it helps me see things from another perspective or like gives me another tool in my tool belt to use when i'm you know up against different situations i guess gotcha. um, and in the deeper leagues too or where we have shallower benches like in austin and i's league so it's mm-hmm. a 12 man league with nine guys in the starting lineup but we only have five guys on the bench wow and that yeah. ends up it you know it ends up being usually about like one or two guys short of being able to just kind of not have much of a plan when you're working the wire you can just kind of go oh well, that guy's obviously not performing well i'm just going to drop him you have to be a little bit more thoughtful and i've mm-hmm. noticed that's helped me a lot like in my other leagues about how to have a, an effective bench where everybody has a role they're not just taking up space or like i'm waiting to see if they pop off i'm thinking okay in two weeks when this guy has a buy this is going to be a plus matchup right and it it is a little bit more like a strategy so yeah um, actual actual gm type work yeah I mean, you can't just you can't just sit there and go. Well, I'm going to just pick up a new guy every time. It, it doesn't work that way. Um, have you played a lot of different? Uh, I mean, like, how many leagues are you in right now? So this season, I'm in three. Uh, last year, I was in four, and it was too much. I'm just like, I'm setting my cap at three because, like I said, I'm competitive. I I can't like. I can't go half speed if I'm in a league. Even if it's a family league, I'm trying to smoke everybody. Oh, of course. You wow. have to. Really? <laughs> yeah. You guys are cruel. Oh. I mean, I've I've been in some <laughs> leagues where – well, so so let me ask you this. How many of them are – are put a put a, a dollar amount on how much you have to get in? I mean, are any of them free leagues? No, I, I'm not doing any free leagues. So I'm doing two $50 leagues and one $20 league. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, and do you like a $20 league? I mean, I find 20, It's it can be hit or miss if people are trying. You might get a couple of guys fall off, especially if it's redraft. Yeah. Um, so, but it, it you know, it's, a, it's kind of a friend league, and we are all, it's like, that league is the band league, so it's like, 
everybody in the band plus people that come out to our shows. So it's like it's more of like a social thing. Gotcha. But we do all cool. try to Yeah, it's it's fun. So and that one is uh it's like the ridiculous points league. And I know Ozzy, I haven't listened to the show, I know you don't care for these <laughs> so much, but it's like uh, super flex, PPR, bonuses galore. Um, it, it, it just deep bench. Yeah, and and those those only bother me when you have certain categories. I mean, like like the league that I was in last year, where you gave a point per completion to a quarterback, and then you gave him uh, two extra points at like 150 yards passing. Well, who doesn't throw for 150 yards? Yeah. And then you get five at. 225 and you get 10 more at like 300 so you get a 300 yard passer who picked up 17 bonus points and he had 15 or 40 completions like i had uh, brady had last year in in a few games and you're scoring 112 points out of your quarterback Just, yeah it's too much and, and it and the the variation is too much it's it's too high of a variation so that you don't, I mean, you go in and you've got a decent chance and the quarter go, quarterback goes off for 120 points, you have no chance. So, you know, that type of thing, I, I, like, I at least like to keep things into, in a, I mean, it's, it's kind of like why I prefer a four-point quarterback touchdown passing because mm-hmm. you've got guys who won't necessarily throw for a lot of yards but throw for a lot of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And I don't want the difference to be, you know, these quarterbacks are scoring 50-plus points every week, you know, like a Mahomes or a, a Josh Allen, when other guys, you know, they're they're competitive. They might throw for more yards, not as many touchdowns, and boom, they're just they're blown away. You know, it's like 50 to 30. And I, right. I just don't like that, that type of variation. But... I, I like, you know, I like people having a, at least a chance each week. Yeah, and I think something looks so like a couple of things. So I think the first thing is, again, when you're in a different format, now we don't necessarily do that, but what I will say is that when we started to add more of these um, categories, mm-hmm. I started to think of it, I'm not talking about like crazy like saber metrics or anything, but I started to realize like opportunity means fantasy points that's something i learned from being in these kind of leagues is like i started looking more at like pass attempts um targets and realizing that even though so if you see a guy that's getting 12 targets maybe he doesn't know what to maybe he's not making those targets and converting them into completions right away Mm -hmm. but if you give him a few weeks pick him up sit on him for a few weeks i've noticed that that can be something that eventually it starts to translate into completions if he's getting those targets and so, and, and yeah, and I mean, in leagues like that, like I said, that's just like another tool, tool I learned, I think, from being in, in leagues with more of those uh, stat categories. Right. Uh, Do but you, then, go ahead. No, go, yeah, you, go ahead. I was just going to ask um, if you, you know, ever hold players because, so let's say you draft, like, like last year, Josh Jacobs was and and it's kind of a crazy thought but Mm -hmm. you know let's say that you've got three decent running backs and josh jacobs is one of them and josh jacobs starts out really slowly like he did last year are you i mean obviously you're not going to drop a josh uh, jacobs maybe you would someone else but do you ever think you know what you know am i going to use a roster spot on a guy who we know he has ability I'm not using him right now. I could either trade him for something better in some other position or whatever, or do you think, eh, I need the spot for something else? Yeah, I, I'm i definitely a big, like, what have you done for me lately kind of manager. Okay. And I, I actually, at last year I took that too far, so I made one of my dumbest drops ever. Um, so I got Amari Cooper in the draft, <laughs> and he was a guy I was really low on last year in the draft like he kind of fell to me i was like oh, okay whatever i didn't like that situation coming over from dallas to the browns i was like you know whatever they got Jacoby Brissett there it's gonna be a mess like he's overvalued so as soon as week one happened and he had a he came out of the gates kind of clunky i just dropped him i dropped amari cooper at the beginning yeah. of last year wow yeah and so, go ahead something that I, actually something i learned from austin because i taught i was talking to him obviously he started to have a great season and 
I ended up regretting that. And something Austin told me just in a private conversation was like, you know, the first three weeks don't matter. Like hold on to your studs for the first three weeks because mm-hmm. teams are working out the kinks and it, you can't really see it as like a sign of things to come until like around week four. So I guess for me, I do, I am a, what have you done for me lately? But as I'm kind of maturing and like learning how to, you know, think more in the long term, um, I will hold on to some guys for a little bit longer, but if it's middle of the season and they're still putting up clunkers, I'll try to trade them. And then worst case scenario, especially in a shallow bench league, I will just drop them and be like some, some other manager can deal with this guy, you know? Yeah. 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 The, un- the unfortunate thing about doing something like that is uh, what did the Packers lose to Minnesota a couple of years ago? 40 to three, something like that. Yeah. And, and I mean, you probably would have dropped Devonte Adams and Rogers and, and yeah. I, I, I'm just using that as an example. I mean, it, and I agree with Austin. I, I tend to look at my draft picks and say they have more value than what's on the, on the waiver wire, it, mm. especially in a 16 teamer. I mean, that mm-hmm. may not be true of of some of the smaller leagues where people are avail- players are available, but you never know. Yeah, yeah. Like I, like I said, I was talking with Nick about that. I, I, and I actually heard that from. One of the, uh, I think it was uh, Fabiano from NFL Fantasy. He was saying that's kind of what he does is he waits three weeks with the team that he drafted, you know, save maybe a bench player, you know, or somebody gets injured, you know, right. is out for the season. Obviously, you got to make moves at that point. Um, but, you know, for like trades, he waits like three weeks at least, um, you know, because like you brought up Josh Jacobs, you know, Nick pulling the Amari Cooper move last season. Yep. And then he <laughs> went on a, you know, his, he was really, really good at home and then not so good at away games, but he was really good at home games. Um, you know, I it comes to mind as Austin Eckler. I was just going to say well. Austin Eckler. Eckler started out a little slower, yep. and I think it was week four. He came out and you know finally had that monster game, and then went on a run. So you know, especially yes, your studs. You know, your starting you know lineup, whatever. You know, that's what I like to do too. You know, just wait a wait. You know, even if you want to wait two weeks, and if you know there's a hole in your team and somebody's got a strong so you're light on running backs and somebody else has a whole stable of decent running backs and you want to try and get ahead of that before that happens it can kind of go either way you know like you said i was trying to um i think last year i put some feelers out on eckler um and jacobs as well because you know i'm like well there's no way they're going to be this bad all season so especially with the situation that both of those guys were in where they're the main guy and there's basically nobody behind them. It's just going to find, it's going to fall in line. So, um, yeah, stuff like that, you know, it, again, it's your team. You can do what you want to do, but did you, did you try to trade him at all? No, I just, no. And just I, dropped and him. I, yeah, I, he just straight dropped him. I just straight up dropped him. I thought he was going to be, I thought he was going to be trash. And, and, and I do this sometimes I go like, this is just let, let somebody else, deal with him you know what i mean i would let someone else deal with him but try and get something for him so here this this is the silver lining in this i dropped him for garrett wilson yeah (laughs) it's not bad so that that was something at least that's that's how i remember it at least because i think i had i'm looking at my team right now yeah see in a 16 teamer garrett wilson wasn't available yeah and 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 that's why i mean Depending upon the number of teams, the format, et cetera, you may be able to say, you know, Amari Cooper can be a, eh, I mean, and you can still get someone decent. Yeah. Yeah, this is the thing within that 12-team, like ours, you know, that main one that Nick Nick and I have been in, um, a lot of the rookies don't get drafted, like, unless they're, you know, you know way up there like i think obviously like justin jefferson a couple years ago got drafted you know later Bijan robinson oh yeah probably drafted right Uh, well he's on nick's team so you'd have (laughs) to ask him i'm kidding i'm kidding (laughs) yeah but you know yeah like like guys like that like garrett wilson uh last year i picked up chris olave in like week three off the waiver wire yeah Yeah. so you know things like that like yeah you go from league to league obviously having four extra teams and you know deeper or whatever size bench you've got and stuff obviously that eats up so much yeah i mean most most of the teams in our 16 teamer will take four running backs and four wide receivers at the beginning just to stay nice and balanced right you don't take an extra kicker or an extra defense 
at the beginning, or maybe not an extra tight end. You leave those spots go until you need to pick someone up, and you really you know, fill your team out with extra running backs and mm-hmm. wide receivers because you're looking for that yeah. best mix. So when you've got 16, uh, 16 teams that each have four running backs and four wide receivers, Olave's gone, Garrett Wilson is gone. I mean, guys that are coming back from injury or whatever. I mean, I drafted, to give you an idea, I drafted Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people did last season. But but yeah. he was out, what, 12, 12 weeks? Was it that long? Uh, I thought yeah, it was like, like 12 yeah. weeks. Okay, yeah. So, so I'm holding on to a guy in my quarterback second quarterback position, one of my six bench spots, mm-hmm. for 12 weeks before I can even use him. Yeah. And, and people people do that in a 16-team league. In the other leagues, you know, an 8, 10, 12, you may or may not because, well, God darn it, they're going to be available later. Yeah, well, unless you're Isaac and you're going to hold on to Jamison Williams for seven weeks. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing he drafted him? Yep. Okay. I so. mean, it, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I don't have any commentary on yeah. that. Um so go, did you find your, your team info? I did. I did. Okay. So <laughs> I I think I simplified it in my head to, to make myself sleep better at night. So, oh, my God, I can't believe I did this. Okay. <laughs> I I dropped Amari Cooper, and I picked up Rex Burkhead. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And then Definite I, this plus. This is why you guys are the pros. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I, I dropped uh, – Rex Burkhead to pick up Donovan Peoples-Jones, and then I dropped Donovan Peoples-Jones to pick up Garrett Wilson. So I did eventually get so, to pick yeah, up Garrett I mean, Wilson, but it, know, didn't, it took like Just a, a long week, way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would have been, in our league, that would have been how many transactions? Three or four? Four. So I did uh, 57 transactions last year. Wow, that would have been 114 bucks. <laughs> wow. Yeah. In addition to what you already paid to get into the league. And that's why, you know, it, so so in that 30 uh 30 plus year league that I've been in, we have an entry now the entry also includes the uh payment to CBS Sportsline because we've been been on CBS for so long. It's like 130 bucks or something to to run the league. So I think we all pay like $115 to get into the league. So you're already dedicated to being there, and now you're paying $2. So, so if you had $114 in transactions in a $20 or $30 league, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. When you have $114 on top of the $115 that you paid, yeah, yeah, it's a lot, but it's not. I mean, it's like for like. Yeah. So it doesn't hit you as – I mean, obviously, it hits you as hard, especially if you're one of those teams that never makes the playoffs and never gets any of their money back. <laughs> which we've got quite a few of those in that league. Um, so what is your draft strategy? Yeah, so my my draft strategy is just, like, be prepared. I have a few different strategies depending on where I land in the draft, and I usually base the rest of my draft strategy off of who I get in the first round. So, so for example, this year a strategy I really wanted to try was zero RB, where I didn't take a running back until mm-hmm. round seven. Gotcha. Because um, in in super flex leagues, that can really work. Yep. So I was pretty I was pretty excited to to try that. But um, I, one thing I've learned with draft strategies is like don't force it. Like right. if you if you if you sit there and go like okay I'm going to get a stud running back in the first two rounds and you pick eight and then the top five running backs go off the board in round one, you know you got to just be you got to learn how to adapt. Right. Um, and so I think I ended up like. For example, in my one Superflex league, and by the way, I didn't fully answer your question from earlier, so I'm in one twelve team PPR league and two Superflex leagues this year. And those are and, both PPR? Yeah, both are PPR, and then the one is a Dynasty Superflex PPR. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So in my – yeah, that's a really good mix, honestly. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with, like, all three leagues. and I have a – I have – my players – my rosters are very different with the exception of, like, a few guys that I really like, but mm-hmm. – um, so, for example, in my one Superflex League, the redraft PPR, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to go zero RB in this in this draft. And I had pick eight, so I'm like, okay, that's perfect. It, it tends to work a little bit better toward the end once the first three guys have fallen off the board, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. 
And I got to round eight, and I just kept watching Christian McCaffrey just fall farther and farther down the board. I'm like, what is – am I going to get CMC at eight? And he landed to me, and I'm just oh, like – pick eight. Sorry, timeout. You said round eight, and yeah. we both were oh, looking sorry. like, what Woo! the hell? Oh. Can we get <laughs> an <Yahtzee>! invite? <laughs> Give us an invite to that league, please. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> So yeah, no, sorry, pick eight. So I'm at I'm at pick eight and I'm watching him fall farther and farther down the board and he finally gets to me and, and I just love I love CMC. I, I thought he was great. Last year I was really excited to see what he could do and I think he it's I think he exceeded everybody's expectations for the you know, for the most part. That's because he stayed um, healthy. Yeah. I don't even yeah, think it's I, a for for the most part. I think it's uh, pretty much everyone would agree with you on that yeah. one. He I mean he so. was he was a stud last year. Yeah, right, and I, I just think it's a great situation for him in San Francisco. Like, oh, I agree. It's just it's perfect. So, yeah, I was like, shoot, you know, pick eight, like, let's go. So I just changed my whole strategy. I went CMC round one, Tyreek Hill round two, and I just kind of went from there. And, you know, I think another thing I do is, like, if I can't get one of the – usually if I can't get a top three guy at a position, I just go for value picks, you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, if I can't get a tight end at, at round – you know, if I can't get a stud tight end, like, I mean, literally, I think it's literally just Kelsey. Like you guys were talking about a couple weeks on the show. Right. Um, then well, I was like, um, okay, I'm going to try to wait till round six to just snag somebody up, you know? Yeah. I love, uh, I mean, I took him. We, we argue. Mark Andrews every yeah, year. Yeah. I took Andrews at towards, well, I got him at like the 309 in our, in the draft with Nick. Um, 10 or 12 team. The 12 team. 12 team. Yeah. So I got him towards the end of round three, you know, and. Like I said, that one too, like Nick was pick 11. So he was like right after, you know, a pick after me in that mm-hmm. draft. So we were just kind of taking what kind of fell mm-hmm. to us and yep. he was there. And I, I think if anybody's going to um, push Kelsey for that number one, it's going to be Andrews. So yeah, it, what, what I tend to look at, at, at those points is what's the difference between him and the next guy. So projections are always you know and projections can always be wrong but Mm -hmm. you look at projections and if kelsey is at say 160 and um andrews is at 120 well that's a 40 point drop off that's Mm -hmm. huge and if the next guy is at 100 well that that drop off drop off isn't quite as big and then you get to the point where everyone else is in that 85 range yeah is it worth using high draft capital on a guy who's only going to get 35 points more than everyone else that you can get in the 6th, 8th, 10th round? Yeah, well, like I said, Andrews fell in my lap there, and I knew I knew I was probably going to have to reach on like uh, like Darren Waller as well because he had been flying up because Daniel Jones only likes to throw to Darren Waller. So kind of looking trying to use a little foresight into the next couple rounds as well after that. I'm like, well, Andrews is here and he's like, like he's my guy at tight end this season. So I'm like, I'm just going to take him. So, you know, kind of like what Nick said, just, you know, you know, if you got to change stuff and just take what falls in your lap, you know, don't, don't overcomplicate your draft. And no matter what, I mean, you, you, you are the one drafting. You're Mm -hmm. the one that has to live with it. Um, I mean, I could give you a thousand ideas on stuff, and that mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's it's ever right. I mean, no matter what, you get, you kind of have to stick to your guns. Yeah. So, um, any other draft strategies you use? So, I, I mean, the last couple of seasons, I've actually been I've been having some issues with streaming defenses, so I have been taking defense a little bit earlier. Um, you know, that's just. I wouldn't say that's like a major part of my strategy, but it's just a little tweak I've been using. I've been changing it up from just kicker defense. Like I've been doing that. I've been doing that for years and I'm just like, okay, I can stream maybe one of these, but I know it works for Austin. I mean, Austin did a great job. You did a great job last year. With yeah. Defense yeah. I mean, stuff. you always get like, like for some reason you always get like, like new England's defense for whatever reason is always very fantasy friendly because they get a mm-hmm. lot of turn, like, you know, they get a lot of takeaways and stuff. And for some reason they score a lot of defensive touchdowns along, you know, yep. with their, you know, kick and punt returns as well. So, you know, you get teams like that, that kind of pop up out of nowhere or, you know, you do what everybody else does and you just look ahead or you look at next week and say, Oh, the, um, even even a defense that people wouldn't agree is that solid, but they're playing like this year. Oh, they're playing Arizona this week. Right. 
done, picked up. Like, you know, right. there's you certain do teams it, you look for that. And you do it a week in advance so yeah. it doesn't get to waiver wire so that everybody has, uh, you know, there are guys that have better or worse records, so a better chance at picking them up. And they Yeah, get I stashed, I had two defenses for like three, four weeks because I was stashing one just for one single uh, matchup going into the fantasy playoffs. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, did it win you a game? Uh, one. <laughs> that okay. one I needed it for, but then I lost after that. So. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then just the last, like my last strategy, and this has just been something I've been doing for, for years and years, like, you know, basically even since like my second year in the league, I think I got Arian Foster, and that's when I realized I was like, okay, I always, I'll always remember that pick because everybody passed him over because the Texans were going to be so bad that year. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, you know what? I think there can be good fantasy players on bad teams. Or Absolutely, there can be guys yeah. that and um, this year for me, side note, this year for me that team is Washington. I think I think the commanders are not I don't know if they're gonna have a great year, but I think they're gonna be a very fantasy friendly team this year. So I'm not shying away from taking Jahan Dotson, Sam Howell, you know, even like Antonio Gibson. He hasn't he, I didn't get him in any drafts, but I certainly would have drafted him. Yeah, uh, I got I got him in ours just because I had Derrick Henry, and then, like I said, the way the draft fell, I was kind of pushing RB back, and there's a lot of good value late rounds for RBs this year. And I saw Gibson, and, yeah, if, if Howell comes out slinging it in the regular season like he did preseason, I, I totally agree. I think the commanders are going to be pretty good this year. Yeah, I mean, I, and, that, and that's just – I actually, way earlier in the in our conversation here, I said I was talking about um, – I said I was I was gonna say like two things, and I I only said the first thing, and the second thing I was gonna say on that topic about like, oh, it was about all the extra stats and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that can sometimes make people who are not good in real life. It can make them like fantasy good, all mm-hmm. uh, like Jameis Winston like three years ago or something. Right. You know? Oh yeah, where and he threw, 30 threw for picks, five thousand, but... but he threw for right. five thousand yeah. plus yards. Yep. <laughs> and, and he had thirty touchdowns. touchdowns. 30 yeah. 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 Right, depending oh. upon the format that you're in, if you're in a six-point uh, passing touchdown to a minus two for the interceptions, that's a plus four per, mm-hmm. it's 120 extra points. Right, and I mean, I think that's just, this is like one of those like quasi kind of philosophical debates you can get into with fantasy that I think is really fun. Is like, should the goal be to prioritize players that do well in real life? We were talking about New England a minute ago, right? Like yeah. They were the number one fantasy defense, but they were 11th in points allowed. So mm-hmm. they're like a middle-of-the-pack real-life defense, but then they're going to win you games in fantasy. So it's just kind of one of those things. You, can, I think you can kind of go round and round with that. But Absolutely. I thing, mean, oh, go ahead. No, I was just I was just going to say that I, I just learned to just like, you know, just try to, like, anyway, sorry, never mind, you go ahead. <laughs> you, you were fine. I, I was just going to say that uh, we, I, I've played IDP before, which is yeah. individual defensive player, and you get these, these people who go, well, I'm going to go get – um, who was the defensive back uh, eight years ago? Uh, Revis Island, yeah, Revis Island. Everyone was like, "Well, Revis is the top defensive uh, defensive back out there," and I said, "Well, you know, he doesn't get thrown at. So mm-hmm. the fact that he has three touch uh, three interceptions a year and no tackles because no one throws at him, I'm going to take uh, a safety that plays in the box." And makes a hundred tackles a year mm-hmm. because you know there's it, it so it so exactly what you were saying it has nothing to do with real life performance you don't want to throw at Revis you don't want to throw at Jair Alexander you don't want to you know there are guys out there that you don't want to throw at but if you're not going to throw at them they're of no value in a fantasy setting mm-hmm. so absolutely so just like you were saying I mean I I, I love the idea you have to find the guys in fantasy who are going to be the guys that get you the points. Mm-hmm. Um, so what guys are you excited about? Any breakout players this year? Okay, I'm I'm just going to go right to deep sleepers. I've been talking up Irv Smith all offseason. Mm-hmm. I think Irv Smith is going to go off. I, I would not be at all surprised if he's a top 10 or I'm not going to go as far as saying top five, but I think he's going to be I think he's going to have a great year in Cincinnati. He's had a great offseason. I like the situation for him there with Burrow. Um, I think, I mean, it's it's hard because you do have a great top three. I mean, arguably, and this is another thing I was thinking about the other day. We, we haven't had a trio of 1,000-yard receivers since 2008. Mm-hmm. And 
I was trying to think like what what trio of like thousand yard receivers could do it and right now and I I was like definitely it would be Boyd Higgins and Jamar Chase. Oh, I so thought you were like waiting for that to happen. I thought know? you were talking the Packers receivers. <laughs> 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 Reed yeah. Watkinson. Yeah. No. Okay. But uh, Romeo Dobbs. Yeah. No, Samari Tour. Yeah. I would, I'd love it if that happened. I mean, yeah, Four of them. we would too, but yeah. Yeah. Not um, not but likely, do, but I, you're but you're right you're right. It's it's a very you know, there's a possibility of it there where, you know, they throw the ball a ton. Mm-hmm. And they utilize all of those guys. Right. And I, I definitely think I think Irv Smith could get his, especially in the red zone. I think he's a big red zone target. Um and so I'm I'm pretty excited about him. I was talking a little bit earlier about the commanders. I really like Jahan Dotson. I think he's a good candidate for you know a second year kind of breakout mm-hmm. um you know running backs are a little bit tougher but i think deandre swift is going way too low in drafts right now um i'm snagging him is anytime i can get him in the middle rounds i'm taking him because i again i just think he's had a great off season he's a pass catching back i think he fills a really important role um for philadelphia and so i'm i'm really excited about him I'm are taking you worried him about penny you worried about Penny at all? I just stopped. I stopped worrying about uh, committees like a few years ago. I'm just because you can sit there and make a case against anybody these days because everybody ever since Mike, I ta- I still am salty about Mike <laughs> Shanahan in like what 2011. I still have a grudge about it. It's like he, yeah. he's the guy that started the this whole thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not. That's maybe going a little far, but he he definitely I think you know popularized it, and so. I've just kind of learned to accept everybody's going to have somebody that's going to vulture a touchdown or takes first or second down work. Um, and I'm in all the leagues I'm in are full point PPR. So I'm like, who's the best? I think one of the best pass catching backs in the league is DeAndre Swift. And if he can stay healthy, even if he can play 14 games this year, um, I could see him having, you know, a 300 point fantasy season. Agreed. Like um, in full, in full PPR. Like mm-hmm. I, I really think he he could thrive. I mean, if he, he's maybe he's gonna have a couple of clunker games, or like I said, he might miss a couple of games. But um, I think he's got a really high ceiling there in Philadelphia. Gotcha. Any other breakouts? Um, those are kind of my those are kind of my top three guys right now. I'm not. I, there's there's some other guys out there that I'm watching, but I also got to be mindful that I'm in a league with Austin, so I can't give, <laughs> yeah. give away too many of my secrets. Oops, sorry. <laughs> I'm making noise now. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I I try I try as much as I can to stay away from Austin too. Um, yeah. Well, I was Isaac, a league mate of I of of Nick and I's were uh, we were talking the other night, and I was like trying to decide. So Jeff Wilson goes on IR, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to deal with putting him in my IR and trying to quote unquote stash him because. I just I'm not I don't want to deal with Miami because him and Mostert can't stay on the field and you know so I said screw it drop Jeff Wilson I picked up Kareem Hunt in case maybe Miami signs him or mm-hmm. one of these other four teams that are out there and then I'm looking out there too and you know I've got I drafted Quentin Johnston uh, rookie for the Chargers super late um, just because I think like I said I think him and Mike Williams are like clones of each other so if uh, if the Chargers take a step forward, I think he's got a good chance at a at a second half breakout. But I'm sitting there looking at the you know at the waiver wire, and there's Marvin Mims uh, for Denver just because of their mm-hmm. situation. But yep. I think given that situation, if Judy misses any time um, or any significant time, I think there's a chance that Denver they won't be as bad as last season, but they could be pretty pretty bad. Um, so I'm try- I shied away from that and I'm like, all right, well, who, you know, I'm just looking out there, like who could give me some, some value or give me a couple good weeks right away. And even though he's, uh, NFL age wise, old as dirt is Adam Thielen and Isaac and I were talking about that. And I'm like, you know, rookie quarterback, old vet receiver, you know, how many times have you seen that work out really well? Um, you know, caught a nice touchdown in preseason, uh, DJ Chark's injured, you know, they got Miles Sanders in the backfield. So, you know, I'm like, oh, and then, maybe, maybe and then Adam Isaac took him. Yeah. This, this morning, Isaac just picked him <laughs> up. So <laughs> I might have to give him a little, uh, well, you know, chew yeah, him out a little bit, but that's why you don't try, you try not to give any of your secrets away. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've got in my 16 team league, I've got my draft coming up on Tuesday. 
um, in the league that uh, was the aforementioned uh, crazy high point um, league, which I, I kind of mentioned that maybe we should make some changes to those. And, and the guy who runs it is a buddy of mine, and so he made wholesale changes on, on the scoring, and it'll be more normal. Well, that's on Wednesday. <laughs> so, you know, I, I am like you. I don't want to give ideas on what I do, yeah. yet we've got a podcast where we tell people the types of things we do. Yeah, um, I've never shied away from saying that in my 16-team league, I usually go running back, running back, and maybe even a third running back to get three starters so that in the future I can ch- trade one of those to a team that has great wide receivers but chose no running backs and found an okay wide receiver that would fill in, give him that running back, and take his top wide receiver. So, you know, there are things you can do and and you i could you know i've been for 32 years 33 years i've been drafting running backs Mm -hmm. and people still say well you know seriously you take running backs at the beginning why well i've won seven times i've not made the playoffs in 33 years one time so i i almost always make my money back if not making more so it's it's one of those that you know do it your way mm-hmm. or listen to the guy that has been doing it for this way for so many years and and is usually at you know between first second and third or fourth place i've been there probably 24 years of the 33 that i've been in it so i i i i've given <laughs> that to them and they still don't listen so who knows um so who are you staying away from nick yeah I just want to say first, uh, I, I'm about Austin last year. Um, despite giving away all his secrets, he still had an awesome year. Yeah, and I was I just, at the top for multiple you, weeks and then lost in the the I think the semifinal. So, to eight, yeah. I think to AJ. Anyways, you, yeah, really no, AJ AJ managed year. the crap out of that team because he started out bad, and he he did good. He did. Him and I were talking about trading. I was really trying at the trade deadline to get Derrick Henry from him because I think that would have won me the league last season, and he stuck to his guns and didn't, and he ended up, he was the one who beat me in the semifinal because of Derrick Henry. It it wouldn't have won you the league because he didn't play in week 17. Well, it would have, I would have beat AJ and gone to the championship, so. Yep. Yeah, yep. you would have gone to the championship. <laughs> and you my probably championship, have won. I think my championship week was pretty good. So, right. My, but remember, yeah, you would yes. have had Derrick Henry instead of someone yeah. else, and Derrick didn't play that week. Yep. So, right. Anyway, sorry. Um, continue, Nick. No, I, I just I just wanted to say that as long as I had yep. you here and we have an audience, I just wanted to say I I thought you had an, an amazing team last year. And I thought you should have won, but it, it's in the, poor, it's in poor the past, management. Right? There's then. always this year. Poor management. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got to rip him, a rip on him somehow. I mean, you're sitting here extolling, you know, wait, what a great guy. No. I, <laughs> I usually um, have to say that just because he's my son-in-law and the father of my granddaughter, but. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Granddaughters. Sorry. Not yet. So, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, so, sorry. Some, I, so some guys I'm staying away from this year. The number one guy is Stefan Diggs, oh, which I know looks. sounds weird. <laughs> well, you got Devonte Austin. I mean, I well, I did. That was last season. I had Diggs and Devonte, but I've got Diggs again this season. Oh, okay, yeah. I so just what I think as far as Diggs goes. I mean, a the locker room stuff is never a great sign, especially in the off season. Um, I'm you know worried about a couple of other guys for similar reasons. You know, you know Josh Jacobs is another guy. It's just you know you spend you miss all that off season. I think about Rogers two years ago or whatever coming out of the gates kind of rough obviously he's still had an mvp season but you could say the same thing about rogers last year i, I just think the off season is really important in building camaraderie and developing rapport is that's where it, it takes if it can take place there it really sets you up for a great year yeah agreed. um and i think you know i really like dalton kincaid do i think he's going to come out of the gates hot no but i think he could be a potential guy that's going to help you out in the playoff stretch and uh, I do think that there's a little bit of a target share thing there. I mean, Allen throws the ball a lot, but, you know, you only have so many targets you can really give out in a game, um, especially if they're – I think they're going to be playing from ahead a lot this year. I'm, I'm pretty high on the Bills. 
which I don't think is that outrageous of a, a you know pick. I just I think it's just finally going to be their year. They've had a lot of bad luck the last couple of two or three years, and um, but I think this is going to be the year for the Bills. Um, I also really like James Cook. I think James Cook could have a stellar year. Agreed. I just think there's a there's a lot of pieces developing there for Buffalo to where the offense doesn't necessarily have to run through digs. And then I think that in combination with with the locker room, the the, the team rapport stuff, the issues he's having there, um, I I don't necessarily think he's going to fall out of like the top 15, but I definitely don't think he's going to meet or outperform his ADP. Right, right I don't now. I don't disagree with you at all. In fact, I was one of the ones who, in my top five, uh, had to choose between Diggs and another receiver, and I went with the other receiver because of the same reasons. Yeah, okay. so, I mean, I'm, like I said, I had Diggs last year, Diggs this year. Um, you know, I hear what you guys are saying. I get the locker room stuff, but, I mean, Diggs has come out on social media many times basically saying a lot of these reporters, like, they don't really know what they're talking about. Granted, we know what he did in Minnesota and how he left there, um, you know, so, but I just, yeah, Dalton Kincaid comes in and he's a, you know, he's a field stretching, you know, tight end, you know, maybe they play him out in the slot a little bit, something like that. You know, he's an athletic tight end, but I mean, we, I think we know what Gabe Davis is at this point in his career. Um, and that's about it for Buffalo receivers. Um, you know, all those other guys don't really pose any threat at all, um, to the, amount of targets and opportunities that Diggs I think is going to continue to have I do I I agree with you I do really like James Cook I think their offense is just going to almost take a step up um and be like you know kind of almost in my eyes could end up being almost like a Kansas City with that last season with Tyreek and Kelsey um kind of that explosion that they had um, there, so I think there's just going to be so much opportunity. I think if James Cook does take that step forward, and plus they brought in Damian Harris as well, you know, a bigger back, you know, goal line work and stuff. I think that's going to keep Josh Allen a little more uh, healthy and not quite as banged up because we know how he likes to tuck the ball and truck defenders. Um, and I don't think he'll have to do that this season. He can, you know, hopefully sit in a nice clean pocket and just pick defenses apart. So, um, like I said, I, I do agree that there are some some things that could lead to the downfall of Stephon Diggs, but I just think that, um, you know, they got him back in there, and if they're focused on the team, I think they would agree with you saying that this is probably going to be their year here to um, – to, to make that final push and make it to that Super Bowl. Yeah, I, 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 and I, I could see it going either way, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just fully admit, I mean, he, he does have that – he always carries that potential, especially in the offense he's in, to be like tight end – or excuse me, wide receiver one, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I, I could definitely see – I could definitely see myself being wrong in that. It's just – that's just somebody that I've been um, – and I hope and I hope he works out for you, Austin, because I know how much you love him. <laughs> yeah. He probably what is he's been in the league what five or six years now. I think you've had him three or four of those years. Yeah, I think this is probably my third because I think I had him one year when he was in Minnesota. Right. So yeah. Any, um, anyone else you're staying away from? You know, and th- and this is really a pretty short list. Besides, I mean, I, I already said Josh Jacobs, and I think, and if you had asked me a week ago, I would have said Jonathan Taylor, um, and like. Not, not that I have a crystal ball or anything, but obviously now that's not even really like a very, um, that's not a very bold call to say like stay away from Jonathan Taylor because yeah. obviously he's not going to play the first four weeks. So right. I think those those two running backs are are guys to maybe avoid. But um, I think a guy in the quarterback realm, I'm not convinced on Justin Fields quite yet. Um, I he's going at like I've seen him going as high as like you know QB like five yeah and i'm just like i'm just like guys he had five good games and then he got i mean maybe maybe he didn't get hurt maybe they just kind of rested him because they see their season was kind of done so again there's just a question mark there but it just for him to for you to take him over burrow or even like a lawrence or herbert who just got paid big money like Mm -hmm. i just i'm I'm not i'm not convinced he's gonna outperform where he's being drafted and I, i just I don't feel super good about the Bears' offense. Uh, Darnell Mooney is not – even DJ Moore, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I mean, DJ Moore is – I could see potential for him there. But, like, um, you know, I think 
yeah, I'm just not, I'm not sold on Fields, and and I think there's an awful lot of question marks in that Bears offense to be drafting him where he's being drafted right well, now. Well, and and another thing to go with it is you know it, where where you were mentioning those other quarterbacks who are mostly passing quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, anyone is one play away from being out for the rest of the season, but the number of contacts that a running quarterback has with a defensive player is higher. So Fields, every single play that he is outside the pocket, even when he throws it, there's always that, is he going to get injured on this play? Is he going to get injured on this play? You know, the other guys I'm not so worried about. So I agree with you. I don't like a quarterback who runs much. Now, is that to say he's not going to have a, a great fantasy year, like you said? We can't tell, but I, I tend to shy away from them also because of that. Yeah, I mean, another thing when you get, and I think this touches back to kind of what we were just talking about with, or I guess what I was just kind of saying about him missing the last few weeks. I think that's kind of a theme you see both with rushing quarterbacks. You know, they end up missing a few more games. Mm-hmm. And also rushing quarterbacks on bad teams uh, especially if they have an investment like a, you know, the, I think that the Bears, a, they're investing in fields. They're saying, like, this is our guy. And Agreed. I'm always thinking about, I'm not just trying to have a good team. I'm trying to have a championship team. So I want somebody that I know is going to be playing in weeks 14, 15, 16, 17, you know? Yep. And if, if the Bears have a bad season like they did last year, it might just be the same story again where they just kind of end up resting him or using him or, you know, having him um, – using him sparingly over the back half of the season. So that, and that actually, when I was saying earlier, there's fan, there's good fantasy guys and there's good fantasy guys on bad teams. That is a, one exception to the rule is I always try to draft quarterbacks on good teams for that mm-hmm. reason. Right. Uh, Cause you want, you want people that are going to be going out. I mean, look at Mahomes last year, right? I mean, the guy played like, you know, he, he's the, he's the kind of guy where he knows I'm on a Super Bowl team. I gotta, I gotta kind of play, even if I'm a little dinged up, I gotta put in the extra work to rehab and get back out on the field quick. Like, um, agreed. It, it, it helps that he's young too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, so, there's yeah. a big there's a big difference between uh, you know a guy like Mahomes and a guy like Rogers rehabbing and getting back out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like me getting back on the softball diamond. Yeah. So, so Nick, <laughs> I want to I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, I truly appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to mm-hmm. talk with us. Um, as you know, you're our our first interview. Um, which is, I, I don't know if it's special in your mind, but <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, it, absolutely. it's special yeah, in ours. Yep. Um, you know, to to be able to have someone on who, you know, as opposed to listening to you know the two of us every week, it's yeah. it's got to be boring. Um, which is why I never listen in. <laughs> you know, I got to help our numbers, man. You got to listen, anyways. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. I really think what you guys are doing is a great thing. I I, I have. I've listened to fantasy football podcasts my whole life. I was I would wake up a half an hour early during fantasy season to go down to my dad's office and download fantasy football podcasts onto my iPod so I could listen to them on the bus going to school. Wow. So I've been listening to fantasy football podcasts for a long time. And I, mm-hmm. I really think what you guys are providing is it's so useful, and I just I love the tone of it. I love the style. Like um, I I listen to you guys because I think it's it's quality stuff, and I get something out of it. So well, thanks. I, I, yeah. Yeah, no, thanks Thanks for having me on. Um, like I said, I consider myself seasoned. I've been playing for 16 years now, mm-hmm. but I still have a lot to learn. I, I don't consider myself like a pro guy. I'm not in big money leagues or anything, but I'm happy you guys think I have at least enough to offer to have me on the show and talk about something. I love fantasy football. I could, t- I could sit here and talk to you guys for another three hours. Yeah, 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 same. same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, we got plans, but same. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. You know, uh, I, I may have been playing for 33 years. I may be a seven-time champion in that one league. I still learn things. Um, you know, I don't think there's anyone out there who, well, I, I'm sure there are people out there that think they know it all, but – in my mind, you can always learn something new, whether it be format, whether it be, you know, just thinking about how people play or, you know, you you saying, you know, you had 57 transactions last year. Uh, and and then all of a sudden considering, oh, gosh, you've you've got a league that you pay two bucks per transaction. I mean, that, mm-hmm. you know, it it changes yeah. it. 
just the whole mentality of of what you do and which is why you know it's it's nice being in a few leagues i agree that you get to a point where it's too many um it, but you know i think i think you hit it on the head with a lot of the things you said and it it, it it's so telling that there's a difference you know no matter what in all the leagues in all the plays in all the formats in all the players and all the gms mm-hmm. so i appreciate your time yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Yep, take yeah. care. Um, hey, everybody, this is uh, Ozzy, and hope you had a great week listening to us. Yep, this is Austin. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.